Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Hello and welcome to this week's Countryside here on Manx Radio. I'm Simon Clark. And I'm Kerry Kermode. This week I catch up with Minister Boot to talk about the new Agri-Environment Handbook. And I went along to the Manx Chasers Open Hunter Trial at Blig Farm. And also I went along to Big Briar Rutgers Emporium and Ramsey to chat to one or two people selecting their local veg. Well, Kerry, a steady enough week in the farming world, just things trundling along. They are indeed. The weather has uh, definitely been on our side for October. It's been a mighty month and I think uh, farmers have definitely appreciated it. Just as we're running in now to the suckler calf sales, they'll be coming on stream at Central Marts towards the end of the month. Um, every year there's a, a good array of calves on display from some top quality producers so they'll be looking for new homes around the island. Yeah and that's something I suppose for, for people who aren't aware of some of the phrases, we'll try and get some of them in each week um, usually uh, cows have the calves and they, and they used to sell the calves on but the the term suckler now Yeah that's right, the, the mother cow will have the calf in the springtime there, March, April and then that calf will be weaned off and uh, made available to other farmers around the Isle of Man to take the, that young animal into the next process of its life, whether it's going on for further breeding or whether it's going on for finishing into Isle of Man meats. Indeed. Well, uh, the first uh, item we have today, I was out in the open air at Belig Farm in Derby where there was over 90 entries in the Manx Chasers Open Hunter Trial. I spoke to the course designer, Ed Callow, and also the owner of the farm, uh, Paul Fletcher. But firstly, I spoke to a couple of the competitors who had just finished their runs, starting with George Hampton. How old are you, George? Eight. And you've just finished a lap of the course here. How was it? Good. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. A long one? Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, how, many, how many fences? Do you know how many there was? Uh, no. No? And what, do you have to get up to good speed on the way there, do you? Yeah. Yeah? It's good fun? Yeah. yeah. What about uh, the horse here? What's his name or her name? Galaxy. Galaxy? And, yeah. and how many laps of the course do you have to do today? Uh, I've done two. Two? On the same horse or you got another one to on ride? On the same horse. Yeah? Yeah. And did you did you meet anyone on the way? Because it's, it's quite a long course. Yeah, I took over two people. Did you? Oh, did you wave to them when you went past? Uh, <laughs> is it difficult though? Because there's lots of jumps here and quite a long way round. Is it? Does it suit this little horse? Uh, yeah. Yeah. What about the rider? Does it suit him? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. You like these challenging ones, so it's better than just riding on the on the straight ground, is it? Yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll let you get on. Well done. Okay, let's have a chat with one that's just finished. What's your name? Izzy. And what? Uh, how old are you? I'm 11. And how was the run today? Very good. We went clear. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Is that is that unusual for this sort of long event? Yeah. This is a bit of a spooky pony, but he did so well. Yeah. What's what's the pony's name? He's called Porridge. Porridge. <laughs> All right. Well, he's the right colour for Porridge. Yeah. Yeah. And how long have you ridden this one? Um, I stopped riding for him for a while, but I started ri- riding him again soon. I started riding him about one, two years ago. Yeah. And is this one a bit more, bit more lively yeah. than the others? Then is it? Yeah. Yeah. Does that make it good challenge for you? Yeah, it's a good challenge and it's fun to go faster. Yeah. And what's your, what have you seen all the other times from from other people, or no, won't you know yet. till the end? 
I, I have to find out it later because I'm yeah, not sure. Right. What do you have to go again yet? Uh, no, I'm done now. Yeah, so you have to sit and wait mm -hmm. and put put the horse away, yeah. bit of breakfast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and how many how many of these events do you do a year? Has it been less um, this I year? I haven't done very many this year. This is one of my first cross country ones, but I've done a bit of show jumping. All right, and which which is the best for you? Uh, I like cross country. Yeah, is it out in yeah. the open and you can mm -hmm. get a bit of speed up? Yeah. <laughs> is it a fast horse this one? A probably? little bit, yeah. He can be very fast when he yeah. wants to. Go faster than you can run? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well done anyway. Thank you. <laughs> Let's get a chat with the course designer for today, Ed Callow. It's uh, had nothing but praise, which must be uh, rewarding. Yes, that's what we like to hear. Things are moving in the right direction down here now. The, the course is looking well, if I say so myself. So it is. Now you've had uh, you've been at this quite a long time, which uh, was was news to me in a way. I've been doing it now for I think it's twelve years. Go away and build courses for a British event at Skipton twice a year, which is all good. Enjoy doing it. Do, do they sort of say to you that we want this and want that in, and you you've got your own sort of free reign then to to where you put them? To a certain degree, the the main layout of this course was actually designed by um, Tim Bennett, who's the chap I do the course building with at Skipton. And I'm more the, the course builder as opposed to designer. I'm sort of, I make a few tweaks where necessary, but other than that, I kind of tried to stick to his course design sort of thing. And we just lay the jumps out, sort of, hopefully, so the course flows freely. And everybody gets a nice round going round it. Well, when I spoke to some people, they said this compares with a lot of the uh, courses that they go to in the UK. That's the idea, because yeah. like, it's the, one of the only places they've got to practice before they do go away, so we try to keep it up to the standard that they'll be they'll be meeting when they get away to England, because the BE courses are bigger and bolder, so most most of the jumps here are all up to full height, so it's when the people ride round, they're, they're getting the full experience here. Yeah, and there's bits of different routes for, for different sizes uh, of fence and, and categories, is it? Yeah, very definitely, yeah, yeah. The, like the the smaller classes, we try to keep the, the, the jumps on the more level ground for them and the, the more advanced riders going over the bigger jumps, their jumps can be sort of on more undulating ground to sort of ask a stiffer question of them sort of thing. And it's, you know, when you stand and I've just been around where that water place is there, there's ones where they go up the bank that looks like the sort of badminton horse trial sort uh -huh. of area, and there's, there's fences with tigers and things on them, there's one with a little little brush on the top of it that seems to be catching a few out. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, it's all all different things to just make the course different. Each Each event we try to make alterations and move the jumps around and add different bits of dressing again it just asks a different question of the horse it might be the same jump with a brush box on the back which technically the jump is the same jump but it looks totally different it's just a bit of a variety i suppose you'd call it yeah. and do, do you get much feedback from from the people taking part as well It'd be nice to have this in or this is a bit tight or a bit hard mm. do, do you get feedback from like that yeah, I quite often ask the question myself. I'll, right. I'll go and have a walk around the, the lorry park, as you call it, and ask the riders what they thought and how it rode. And We do make adjustments according to the feedback, very definitely. If people say a certain combination doesn't ride very well, I'll alter it to the, what they sort of suggest and see how it rides for the next event. And 
hopefully it rides better sort of thing yeah, yeah and then that's nice that you know you're working with all the people that are taking part and it it makes it for a for a happy enjoyable event doesn't it oh very definitely that's the whole everybody's got to enjoy what they do and that's that's the whole name of the game sort of thing if they're not enjoying it there's no point in us doing it sort of thing it's it's there for their enjoyment not many trips away this year to do courses though <coughs> no unfortunately <laughs> not i've missed me trips this year so but, uh, yeah, but it's nice that uh, you know ninety people have come to to do it today, though. Oh, very definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good good to see the entries increasing every time. So I think we're going the right way, you might say. Yeah. Well, Paul Fletcher, you must be pretty pleased with the way things have been going today. Yeah, it's absolutely great, Simon. Uh, super. We've I mean, so appreciative to the to to the boys down the boys and girls down at the Met Office for sorting the weather out. <laughs> Uh, it's the third third hunter trial we've had this season since since we opened up our, after the COVID lockdown, and our entries have grown each time. With 55, I think the first event, the back at the end of August, and, and over 80 last time, and over 90 today. So it's absolutely brilliant to see the support. Yeah, it is. And there's, but there's something for everyone on this course, isn't there? Absolutely. I mean, we start start at half past nine this morning uh, for the Littleys, the lead rain and first ridden where they're literally ste- stepping over jumps that maybe 30, 30 centimetres high. Uh, but for them, it's, it's a starting point. Yeah. And it, it's all, all numbered and dressed and everything to the same level and standards and etiquette and everything. Uh, but it's, it's a chance for, for, for the openers and then, then went on to the pairs classes. Uh, so again, 45 pairs and some people do the 45 pairs before they perhaps go and do the 45 individual. Now, are they the, 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 the height of the fences, the 45s? Yes, that, yeah. yeah, the 45 centimetres is the, is the height of the fences. Uh, our course, course builder, Ed Keller, when he measures a height of a jump, he actually has a six-foot-long spirit level, sits it on the top of the jump and measures the distance from the ground to the, to the spirit level six foot away from the jump because that's where the horse is taking off from. Right. And that's how you measure a jump. Ah, so it's a bit more complicated than you realise. Oh, yeah, it? so it's beyond me, but Ed, 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 Ed's the master yeah, yeah. of it. But do you see the, the, the youngsters going around, you know, because I've seen people on motocross bikes all their lives, little kids on little small bikes. Here, you've got little small kids on big horses, haven't you? Well, and th- th- they're so delighted that they've got a chance to break away and get the horse into a gallop in between. Absolutely, I mean, for a lot of people that, you know, the, the cross the cross country is 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 totally different to 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 dressage or show jumping, where you're a probably the only the only horse in the arena at that time. Uh, it's a totally different discipline, uh, and you're out in in in, a, in in several big fields with a whole range of of, of efforts to attempt. Yeah, some great uh, descriptions of the horse jumps as well. The butcher's table and the, oh, the butcher's benches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, some some of them, but uh, I think it's uh, I think there's 14 new jumps this season, and the work that's gone into building some of those is amazing. But nothing but praise today, which is always no, encouraging. That, that, that's great, and it, it's 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 lovely. Just for us, the reward is seeing the smile on on the riders' faces, and, and you know obviously the turnout is great. But just to see the level of enjoyment that that horse and riders are having, you know, if the horses could smile smile more. We, we would know they're enjoying it, but just 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 to see see how they're, they're uh, getting on out there, uh, and just 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 the, the the overwhelming support is is really appreciated, and it, it it's dividends for the hard work that's going going in, you know, week by week, month by month.
Well, Paul Fletcher there, smiling away at uh, the day's activities. Ed Callow, the course designer. Izzy Garlick, who'd gone round uh, to clear her round and pretty delighted with that. And first of all, George Hampton, uh, who was uh, on the course as well. So uh, a nice bit of variety there and a lovely day it was. And everyone there, you know, who, who was there was was so grateful. You know, they can't get away to, to events. And this, uh, you know, a lot of them, when I was talking to them, walking around the field, um, saying you know it's it's on par with a lot of the the UK courses, skipping all that, so it's good. That is good. Mm. And um, Paul Fletcher and the team there at Belig have worked very hard on it over the years, tweaking it and altering it. Uh, but like you say, the, these young competitors, um, you know, they'd be going across to the UK and competing at this um, normally at this time of year. But to have that on our doorstep, we you know, were very very lucky. And um, like you say, some of the design of that course is right up there with the the GB ones. It is indeed. And when you think you know, I've been to a lot of motocross and motor motorcycle events on the island and you see the little kids on the small bikes and stuff but to go there and see little eight and nine year old kids on big horses <laughs> that, that have a mind of their own it's uh, hats off to them they are they're very very brave i'd sooner them than me indeed right you've uh, been finding out about something new for the island's agricultural world that's right it's ever changing in agriculture and um, again uh, DEFA there now are bringing out a new scheme which is the agri-environmental handbook and this now changes place with uh, what we used to say the country care scheme and then that moved into an agricultural development fund scheme and now into the environmental side of things um, bringing it to the forefront is Minister Boot and I caught up with him on the night there at St John's well, a great turnout here tonight at St John's School for the new Environmental Handbook for Agriculture. Now, this is a big change. It's the first one in quite a number of years for agriculture. Yes, uh, excellent turnout, and uh, I was enthused by that. And also, uh, the uh, audience seemed very receptive to what we're doing. And as you rightly say, this is a big step forward for agriculture and the environment island-wide. And it's quite funny we talk about the environment. In, within the Isle of Man, we have the UNESCO biosphere status already. It's a huge achievement anywhere in the world to have that. So how will this make a difference to the island? Well, going forward, uh, we already do a lot of good stuff. Our farmers uh, are really good at uh, sm- small farms. We have you know, lots of hedgerows, more hedgerows than perhaps uh, anywhere in the British Isles. And uh, that, that's all good stuff. But the, there are things that can be done to enhance that. Um, there are also issues around slurry and runoff from farms. Um, but there's a lot of good stuff that we can, we can enhance, tweak slightly, make things better for the environment, working with the environmentalists as well as the farmers, whilst, in some cases, improving production. Well, as you say, production now within this pandemic of coronavirus, um, food security is is a huge uh, element of life. How will we guarantee we've got food security now with taking maybe some of the land back to nature? Well, we're not necessarily taking land back to nature. I mean, that, that's a key issue. Uh, there will be tree planting schemes. There will be headland schemes. There will be overwinter stubble, winter fodder crops and things like this. But this won't necessarily detract from the amount of really productive land. And some of the initiatives within the scheme will enhance the productivity on the land that we already have without... Uh, uh, causing problems with the environment so I think it's a win-win situation and going forward you are absolutely right the pandemic has demonstrated uh, the need for uh, food resilience and uh, thank goodness we've got the meat plant the creamery the bakeries and 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 the flour mill Uh, they've all played their part 
Absolutely. And who will deliver the new scheme, Geoffrey? Because obviously ADEFRA is, is a busy organisation already. So how will you manage to you know, get round on all, all of the island's farms? Well, we're going out to tender uh, for someone or an organisation uh, to operate the scheme um, through DEFA. We will still be in full control. But you're right, we, we, we haven't got the resource uh, to do everything. So it's better that we bring someone in that know what they're doing and then they can get out among the farmers and uh, give them the advice they need to, to make proper claims. But we're still there at the back of this and we will still be able to offer advice as well. Yeah. And I really like the idea, back when I was younger growing up on the farms, we used to have lots of farm visits, road shows, people coming from the UK to do talks. And I see within the slideshow tonight, that's something you really want to bring back together, is getting onto each other's farms and, and learning that knowledge exchange. Yeah, knowledge exchange is an important initiative. Um, I mean, the advisory service as such that we used to have many years ago has gone, sadly, and very expensive to operate. But this is an opportunity for, for farms over a period of time uh, to open their doors, but at the same time receive professional advice uh, and help them uh, improve their production, their environmental credentials, uh, and, and share that, disseminate that information among the farming community. And you're delivering this now. How come now? Because obviously um, we, in a few years' time it was supposed to be changing, but obviously we'll hope maybe have a new uh, uh, MHK sitting of uh, 2021. Is this because we don't know what the future holds? Well, I, I think it's, uh, it's it, obviously it was my initiative, this, uh, and uh, we've been working this up, and uh, my uh, tenure as minister will end in, in September next year. So uh, from my perspective, it was important that we brought this forward. Um, the farming community wanted it. The environmental uh, agenda was right for it. Um, certainly uh, the old scheme, whilst it worked, um, had reached the, the end of its life, even though it had further life. So now is the time to do it. As you rightly point out, uh, there may be a new minister, a uh, new administration, uh, all change in September, October next year. So we, we put this scheme together now. It started, it set the scene going forward and given some predictability uh, for farmers uh, for the next few years, uh, stability without the thought that there's going to be imminent change. That was the Minister of Agriculture, Mr Geoffrey Boot. Interesting uh, hearing some of the, the new pieces in there, but I suppose environmental things that are, you know, um, been packaged in there to help things, but I suppose that's gone on a bit longer than 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 this new package, uh, the new leaflet. That's absolutely right, Simon. The uh, generations of farmers before now have kept the island in the state it is, and that state is something we're very, very proud of. Achieving the UNESCO biosphere there, one of the highest statuses in the world, is, is a standalone achievement, and that's done by the people before our generations and hopefully ongoing. This new handbook will safeguard the future of that, I suppose. But it is just stuff that the farmers are doing week in, week out on their farms, um, and just being a bit more mindful of different periods that would help the birds or the ground nesting birds and the different animals at different times of the year so it's all about a bit more timing and um, planting a few more trees in the hedgerows maybe planting some fruit trees in areas that maybe aren't getting used so much but it's just being a bit more mindful towards the environment we're very lucky here on the Isle of Man we're not like the south of England where there's big barrens of arable and the hedgerows have all been pulled out and um, you, you need to use a lot of chemicals and fertilizers to get the crops to grow we're very lucky here that we don't we're not quite there yet be some wind on the Isle of Man if they took all the hedges away. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Countryside here on Manx Radio with Kerry Kermode and myself, Simon Clark. 
Well, on Saturday morning, I popped along to uh, sort of an Aladdin's cave near the Trafalgar Hotel in the Quay in Ramsey uh, to catch up with Big Briar Radcliffe to see uh, how he's getting on, selling his vegetables and fruit in there, a stall that's been going for many, many years. Uh, he moved uh, recently, earlier in the year, uh, to this new place, and uh, I spoke to a new addition to it that was helping him uh, there, but... Firstly, I caught up with uh, a lady in the queue called Lisa Burry, who runs a business called Lisa's Lunch, and she told me all about it. So Lisa's Lunch is about healthy food. I am making um, healthy food made with local products, mainly, and organic products as well. So I'm a nutritionist, and I would like to help people to improve their health and to... um, to offer them healthy food and uh, also nutritional advices. So, so how does it how does it work? I mean, you're in here with Bryce. Is this, is this <laughs> yeah, the best sort of project you can get? You like coming in here for this? Yeah, I love to to come here. I come here just every Saturday. Um, I love to uh, support local uh, producers, and um, so basically, clients can ask for a subscription. They can just subscribe for a plan and have also a trial offer, uh, and they can try my products. And if they are okay and happy with that, I can deliver them directly at their workplace or at some point of collect. And, um, yeah, that's, that's yeah. all. So, so, what, so what sort of things do you make up? Do you, do you make up your own sort of recipes with it, is it? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing my, home, um, my uh, homemade dressing uh, salad, and uh, everything is just cut in my, in my own kitchen. And I'm doing that just on myself for the moment. And I would like to, yeah, just go... Um, went through the the micro businesses scheme and i'm looking to uh, grow the business now and so i'm looking for some companies um interesting to um to promote a good health for their employees and uh, yeah to um to help them to find good lunches uh to improve their um their well-being well, a lot of people in this day and age are starting to go to the gyms. They're walking out more and doing stuff. Probably since COVID as well, a lot of people have found a different lifestyle. Um, do you find that in, in your line of work, that people are wanting to, to eat a bit healthier and do better things? Yeah, I think it's a, there is a trend now. People are more aware that it's really good for them, for their well-being, to eat healthy. And they are feeling better just to do that and that's part of uh, I think that the change in our society now we need to um, to support more local products even for our own planet and even for us that's the way we can just live better um, in our life and here well let's get a, a chat with Mackleman Luke Corkle there it's uh, a nice setup here, a bit chilly today. No, she's a be bit good chilly, for the fish. Oh, she's good for the fish. Oh, it keeps it nice and nice and cold, nice and fresh. Into the big bride's emporium out here on the yeah, quay. Yeah, very uh, generous. The bride's come and uh, let us share a space. Been doing it since March, like very good. And people at Looney's to help let us uh, get in the cubby hole here, just to get get the fish out, just and to get the fish out. Like yeah. it's good. 
but but this this fish it just looks so fresh you can see your, your boat the June Rose in behind us yeah. as well I mean we I went out on um, Thursday morning with my friend on the constant the constant friend Adam Sewell and we had, uh, we had a go at the prawns and we got some lovely brill some lovely skate wings monk tails place everything's fresh everything's local I take off on quite a number of local boats just trying to do something for the public keep it nice and fresh nice and cheap Nice, nice surroundings. Ramsey, wonderful place. Yeah, had the best of the summer, like so. We'll stick it out through the winter and see what happens. And how has it been going since since you've been here? Good, good, good sort really of good. feedback from it. Absolutely, Simon. Absolutely, astounded by the uh, response from the public. Really, they keep coming back. I keep selling. Everyone's happy. Yeah. Everyone's happy. And, and this is the sort of way it used to be a lot of the time as well. I know that it's gone big supermarket-y way, but, you know, you've, you've got this place here, like the stall next to Bryce. You just walk in and, and have a look at it and pick what you want. That, that, that's absolutely it, Simon. I mean, from starting out from a couple of regulars to now, we see about, I don't know, through the weekend, because we do the Wrangland Pier in Port Erin and we do um, Baywash up in Douglas on a Friday evening. We went went from doing sort of forty or fifty people a weekend to we're up up was a hundred and fifty two hundred really? people now yeah and about fifty regulars as well so it's really good yeah it's good what about the the, the fish in itself I mean you got a, a nice display of a, a nice variety here but yeah. I mean is it is it difficult is it getting harder to be honest with you Sam when we went into lockdown I went on to selling my own king scallops and then progressed and started selling fish, taking off different boats and stuff. I had to do this to compensate a wage because of the economic climate, you know what I mean? The, the, the yard's been brilliant, Isle of Man Seafoods have been brilliant with me. They let me borrow the van, they give me coal stores, they provide me with bits and pieces of fish and uh, queen scallops. I mean, but the fishing itself, it's, it is struggling, it is really struggling. That's why I'm I'm happy to see so many local people coming and yeah. purchasing stuff off the boats just just to keep keep us trying to go. Like it's not good, and the, the, with Brexit coming up in January and the current COVID situation situation in the UK, we are really really struggling. Like, but but a, a lot of preparation ahead of getting ready for the for the selling. Yeah, I mean, Ian and Freddie down in the the fish mongering bit down at Seafoods they do a lot of my uh, prep work for me which all credit to the boys they do a great job but um, gutting the fish is normally done at, well is done at sea the whole fish as you can see there it's all gutted all washed to within an inch of its life so it looks the best we're here to do a service for the public we want the best for the public so they're happy and they keep coming back mm-hmm. so we're not doing them a disservice yeah and it's something that I think is is grown on people over the years you know the uh, the eating of fish it's a very healthy food isn't it absolutely a lot a lot of health benefits with fish it helps the brain helps the body you never get sick of eating yourself no not at all Simon not at all there's quite a quite a lot there that I would eat myself like (laughs) there are some things that I'm not particularly keen on but yeah the fish we we have fish two or three nights a week at home like the wife loves it the wife's put me under orders to get bring her something home tonight. Otherwise, I'll be getting the attitude off me. No, don't, don't bring the crabs home. <laughs> no, don't bring the crabs home. <laughs> well, Big Brian, you've 
finally got through the queue, get a chance to talk to you, knocking a banana in you. <laughs> oh, got to keep the energy levels up, haven't you? <laughs> but it's been a busy day with look of it. It's great to see. Mm. It's been very busy, as every Saturday is. Thank you very much. Yeah, we've got uh, some additions outside now with the fish too. Yeah, Mr Macroman seems to be doing quite well. He was in here initially and then he's expanded and he's outside. We have to thank Loonies for the use of a building and everything else. And um, it's really a good partnership and it's all working very well. Well, I've been standing here quite a while. It's been non-stop and people from all parts of the island coming in, Brian, which is encouraging. We welcome them from all over the place. Balabeg, Colby, Santon. Sometimes we even come from Andreas and Ramsey too. <laughs> what it's been like trying to get the produce done? Has it, has it been reasonable from a market gardener's point of view? Well, as we know, every year is different, and this year's been a challenge like every other year. Dry springtime, it was great. We were digging spuds in the springtime. Never the first to set, but always the first to harvest this year anyway, because uh, we didn't get them all out at the back end last year. So we were digging spuds March and April, and um, they come out okay. And then it went dry, and then it went lumpy, and then it got drier, and then it got drier even still, and then it just got really dry. Mm-hmm. And um, the rains came after I killed all the spiders at the end of May, so that was quite good. No, it has been a challenging year, very dry. Um, but, you know, we've got off to a not too bad. Some things have done okay, root crops have finally come together, celeriac is spectacular, celery's ace, some things have done all right. It's just a different year every year. But that, I suppose it's fortunate and unfortunate the way the weather goes for the likes of yourself because your thing that the dry sort of suits some crops which you can sell a lot of and, and the, the the moist sort of ground does it as well yeah we've got different soil types on the farm and you just got to kind of judge the fields and wonder if you're going to get it out or is it going to be a wet year or not but everything balances out in the end everything balances out but you'll be you'll be a a big crop rotation man, weren't you, in your line of work? Yeah, plenty of crop rotation, plenty of dung. I've got suckler cows and all the dung from the cows goes on the fields. And um, it's just about working with nature and harmony, really. Um, we try our best. We have disasters. Don't, don't worry, we all get it wrong sometimes. And, uh, but sometimes, hopefully, the good times will balance it all yeah. out. But since the lockdown and things like that, we don't like to mention it, but of course people would think, oh, it's tailed it off to nothing, but it doesn't seem to have here. No, we are very lucky, and I think freshness is key. Um, everything is fresh picked a day or two beforehand, and I'm very lucky to have such a, a good band of followers, really. And like, as I said, with the uh, support of Loonies and Mr. Macroman coming on board, and it's just an opportunity for him to sell his bits and bobs as well, really. Mm. So it's gone all right. Yeah, and anything new that you've brought into the the growing or stick with what you know just stick with what i know really that's challenging enough yeah <laughs> boiler suits off today so it must be hot uh, <laughs> it's in the wash <laughs> the green one's in the wash yes <laughs> well big bry uh, quite positive actually there talking there big bry radcliffe uh he won't uh, mind me calling him that big bry because that's what he's affectionately known uh, before that uh luke corkle a mackerel man uh, saying how things were going in the uh, in the fishing world and lisa burry as well um from lisa's lunch and if you want more details on that she's on facebook or you can phone five six seven two two eight but uh yeah it was, it was so busy i'd had to go and come back. Didn't want to hold everyone up <laughs> from their Saturday mornings. I do believe it is very popular. But isn't that lovely, Simon, that we can go to the person that's growing those veg or, or catching the fish uh, or even preparing the lunches like Lisa there and know where it's come from and how well you know that product has been 
looked after and brought to our tables. And I think that is a little bit of a concern at the minute with the Brexit around the corner and Boris Johnson and some of his ideas is of the food standards. You know, people within the farming communities around GB now are actually quite worried of the imports. We don't know how those imports are going to affect the British um, economy and all the rest of it, but we know that there'll be issues with traceability and, and hormone use and different antibiotics. And I think we've just got to keep, on, keep an eye on what's local and look after what's local. You know, it has that full traceability here. Mm, well, they voted out. <laughs> Say no more. All right, we'll leave it there for this week's Country Show. We're back next Tuesday at 6. So from me, Simon Clark. I'm Mika Rikomo. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.